ia te a te a taka ia te pai pai wa o uru mai te utupoto te ware kōrero e tū nei. Kia ora. welcome to Change Channel, a space to share tupuna wisdom, Māori ancestral knowledge with you and the world. Tēnā, wakarongo mai. Nō te ipureo tēnei kawenga o te pai pai wa o a Chase Channel. Inumia te kōrero. Chase Channel is brought to you by Te Ipurao. Nei ki tēnei whare kōrero e tū Nei Tēnei te pō Nau mai te au Kia ora koutou, tēnā tātou katoa i roto i tēnei pō Tēnei a hau a Chay Wilson, nō roto ana mai O Chay's channel te pai pai waho e mi i atu ana i tēnei pō Kia ora tātou So kia ora everybody, Chay here from te pai pai waho Chay's channel uh, for Taite Talks, and Taite Talks for tonight, um, it's coming live from Tūnohopu in Ohinemotu, Ohinemotu in uh, Rotorua, uh, where uh, we're running uh, the Masters in Māori and Indigenous Leadership, uh, which is a program that I run with um, some awesome people from the University of uh, Canterbury. And uh, tonight, uh, our manuhiri is uh, Garrett Cooper, and I'm going to uh, turn it straight over to the brother uh, to introduce himself. Garrick uh, Garrick, he calls himself a theorist, uh, and um, he's uh, one of the guys, one of the lecturers that comes to the program to um, not only share different theories that are happening out there in the world, uh, but also to our minds. <laughs> uh, and we've got a bit of an audience here, some of the um, some of the team are watching tonight. Um, so we're going to have a kōrero uh, and uh, we'll see how that kōrero goes. Nō reira brau, tēnā koe, e oranga ngākau ko uru mai rā koe. Before we get into it, can you introduce yourself ko wai koe nō ea me rā tu kōrero? Tēnā koe, mihia tūna rā kia koe mō tēnei wahanga ka noho tahi tāo te koro. Koe noho e uli tēnei nō roto a hauraki, nā te whananga, me tauranga moana, nō nā te iranginui, nō te pirira ka ingari. Ka i o tau tahi au e noho ana, kua. Takau maurua tau au e noho ana, noho ana ki reira. So, um... Tēnā ora. Tēnā ora. Tēnā ora. Awesome. So, um... Garrick, uh, I've asked Garrick just to ask me a couple of questions and we're just going to see where this conversation goes and um, hopefully you uh, enjoy it as much as uh, I always enjoy talking with the brother. So, 
Let's go for it, bro. What's our cocoa, bro? Um, so I think we should, um, well, I'd, I'd like to talk about Atua. Um, and I have some questions around Atua. So um, this idea of uh, religion, which is organized, uh, belief systems, um, particularly in Aotearoa context, Christianity, uh, but with the other Abrahamic traditions, you have Islam and Judaism. But the, the concept of God within these traditions is an all-powerful, omnipresent um, God, and it's a source of um, the truth, goodness, and so on. And there's always an assumption when we talk about Maori gods that our gods are just our version of what white people have. Um, but I suspect that, that, well, I have a strong view that they can conceptually quite different and operate differently. So I, I'm particularly interested in how you conceptualize and think of Atua vis-a-vis uh, -vis or in relation to how they may contrast with um, the sort of God mm. from the Abrahamic traditions. So yeah, tēnākui, bro. I, mm. um, as I know the meaning of the word Atua, our potential energy uh, and Tua beyond and it is our role as uh, tangata to invoke, draw upon, call on atua when and where required so that our own atua tanga can then um, be realised. And, you know, people might say the magic inside a person. Uh, I like to call that our atua tanga. And so, so that's one, one part to the kōrero. Uh, I have been quoted in the past by saying that um, I don't think the, the term polytheistic is helpful. Mm. Polytheistic meaning um, believing in many gods, uh, simply because it's a comparison between the one true God or, and then everyone else, mm. when actually we're part of that everyone else and... Um, our atua, our atua, and uh, we are a manifestation of our atua tanga whenever we call on them. So, yeah. Yeah. So we always used to joke that it's better to have heaps of gods than one, because if one's... Otherwise uh, engaged. Yeah, otherwise engaged and busy, clicked <laughs> out for the day, you call upon the other ones. Um, but the first sort of... You know, Which is a good point, because everybody talks about 70 roughly 70 gods. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the key thing that we need to remember is that, yep, there are the 70-odd gods um, of the culture, but then each iwi, mm -hmm. each hapu, each whānau will have their own atua, and you'll hear the word kaitiaki and Modi mm -hmm. when actually they're atua. And so, like, I was always taught to make sure that I have my own atua as well. Yeah. And so, you know, over time I've worked it out to identify what the physical manifestation of my atua look like. Yep. And similarly, you know, my nana, you know, she always had her walking stick, the raw. Yep. And I, I now have my own and I teach my kids about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that, I mean, that particular conceptualization of a god suggests that um, they can appear and emerge um, 
all over the place and it doesn't reside or power doesn't reside in a particular entity or singular entity it operates across multiple levels yeah. so your first description um it struck me that you if we're to talk a little bit mystical for a moment so <laughs> just to make sure that you realize that i'm a i joke about myself as being firstly being a heathen and a rationalist with a curiosity and the divine <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got a foot in all camps um but the, your first description of us to be slightly mystical for a moment um, suggests that there's a, a connection of energy and forces um, calling upon and then connecting that with yourself and opening yourself up to those influences or forces, the energy, however you like to call it. Yeah, I, I like to refer to it as opening ourselves up to the universal equilibrium, mm. the energy that keeps Rangi and Papa intact mm. and how we then operate in the sphere of rangi and papa because mm. you know mm. and that's why i am an atua yeah. because i descend from them yep. and a lot of our people will often get a bit activity and, and feel funny about about it when when i say that because a Christian influence, or you can't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, who said? Mm. Mm. Well, it's a particular conceptualization of God as all powerful and completely the antithesis of human beings, right? Mm. And so to associate ourselves with these all powerful beings is, is to be a little bit overconfident, right? But that's if you see gods in a particular way, the way that you see them as a lot more sort of uh, ever present and um, less of a sort of single source of power. Yeah. And so it wouldn't be overconfident or hubris to connect. Well, and, and on my co-host sessions on Tuesday nights, um, the reason why I talk about, and I've been talking a bit about how you communicate with the universe mm. through observation is because the more you observe the wind, I mean, I was, as I was walking from the Wharepaku back into here before, I could hear a certain bird mm. and you know the more you observe and you, you take note mm. of all of those different things mm. that helps you sharpen your senses mm. and as you sharpen your senses then you can have a better relationship with atua mm. Mm. and um and the different ways that you can channel yeah. channel that energy to help you with whatever you're doing yeah so it's a, it's a particular openness to what the world might have to offer or um, want to share with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't sound too mystical. Then. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're um, trying to understand what Atua represent as we compare them with um, sort of poly, uh, so monotheistic traditions, which you know mo most Kiwis are very secular, right? So we, most of us, we may be born into a family that's Christian, but most of us are not particularly um, active in terms of being part of a religion, and um, sort of any sort of religious beliefs are seen as oh well, uh, those are personal things you keep them to yourselves, um, and and it clashes with science yeah. and rational thinking, which most of us claim 
think that we are. But see, this is the point that we had a discussion about, was it yesterday or today, about science and how science is heavily influenced by Christianity. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> Talk to us about that. Well, that's what I would argue. <laughs> and I'm not the first to argue that at all. Um, um, there's all sorts of uh, writings out there on this. But, I mean, the key point of that is um, the way in which God was treated by human beings, um, it's the relationship with God. So we see God as, a, um, when I say we, I mean that in a very generic way, um, as um, all-powerful, a source of all truth and goodness. We treat science very much in the same way today. And that the only truth which can emerge through, emerge through rational thinking is through the processes of science. And, um, you know, I, I used to spend time with a Muslim mate and uh, they tried to re revert me, which is what they call it. So they believe everybody's born a Muslim and then you'll stray off the path and, path and then you go back to Islam. He tried to revert me because apparently I was a Muslim at some stage of my past life. But... Um, they gave me their uh, propaganda, and I, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean that they gave me information about um, Islam and the Quran. And they had all these, the interesting thing was what they had in, in this, this this book was references to the Quran and the connection between that and scientific ideas to show that that existed before science, the idea. And it was a way of justifying the Quran and Islamic beliefs. Because science has already told us. Well, no, the Quran's fine by itself. It doesn't need science to be propped up. But science has that particular relationship um, with Christianity in a way that's really intertwined. It's difficult to disentangle. Well, and while the, while the Christians were in the Dark Ages, it was Islam that was leading all of the science and the Chinese. Yeah, North Africans and yeah. Sub-Saharan Africans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a yeah. tangent. Slightly <laughs> tangent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, um. So if if Atwa is not um, this all powerful being, it's a set of energy, and how might we demystify that for the rationalists and the secularists in the room? How might we think of that not as you know? Because when you start talking about energy, people start to go, "Oh, is that you know, person means smoking too much dope." Um, um, you, you know, sorry, I, <laughs> but um, it's really um, how can we talk about this in really in ways which normal folk would understand? I, I suppose you know, you wake up in the morning and the sun's shining, mm. and you feel the warmth of the sun. The first thing I do, etu utimaira. As I talk to the sun, mm. because I then uh, I'm building a relationship with the sun, so that in time when I need the sun, I can draw its power, its energy mm. to whatever I'm doing. Mm. And it's all about building a re that relational thing, building that relationship, so that you can then call on it in times where you require it. Mm. And so you, you you're consciously depositing memory. Mm. Snippets, for want of a better word, snippets of memory to help you when you then need to do other things. So I can connect that with a couple of things. I mean, um, so one of the things we're taught when you enter the house, you say, mm, And you, you acknowledge the house. And 
for Pākehā people, if they walked into a house and said, hello, house, they would feel like they were smoking too much dope, right? But for us, yeah, um, that's, that's quite a normal um, thing. And what you're doing is you're acknowledging um, not just a physical building, but what that represents and the energy required to build. And the naming of it. The naming of it, yeah. And all the things which are imbued into that house and acknowledging it. So just a simple acknowledgement of a sun, of a house, is about connecting. And connecting to your atuatanga. Mm. And, and connecting, I say your atuatanga, because that's who we are. Mm. And, and the more that people can understand it's not this ugly boogly um the the more that we can then understand and start to build a relationship because the more you can talk to your atua uh, the more you understand yourself because of all of the components in me you know the bit the air that's coming out of me right now is the air that might come from another part is still um, and then, you know, kia pūrea koe ngā haua tāwhiri mātea, so that you're cleansed by the winds of tāwhiri mātea, mm. which is why our tūpuna had their own form of meditation mm. and breathing, that ngā ngā kia ngā. Because as you keep breathing in, it calms you and it cleanses you. Aroto nei. Yeah. It helps to regenerate, you know, all your blood so that it can pump yeah. well without any hindrances. And so the liquid in us, you know, is tangaroa, etc. Yeah. So the other um, idea that I could connect with that is, and we talked about this book, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, uh, the book by Tobo Skutnau Kangas, who argues, um, she's a linguist, and she argues where there's a decrease in bi um, linguistic diversity, there's a corresponding decrease in biological diversity, which to most scientists would be a mad hypothesis to make. But she makes this an 800-page book and quite a compelling argument. But what, in effect, is underneath her argument is this thing, by acknowledging relationships and things in the world, we strengthen those things, um, yeah. both of those things. Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, you're talking about the, the less language you have, mm. the less diverse, uh, diversity and biodiversity. Yeah. And so the classic example of that is, Nga here, nga here, here. Mm. Now everything that's interconnected mm. and a, a single species forest. Mm. And you know, you have a pine forest, which we've got a lot of, mm -hmm. and the lack of growth underneath it mm. is as a result of only having one thing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Whereas nga here, the interconnection will then help because it creates more language because then you've got all of those names. You've got a moku, you've got a, you know, a huruhuru whenua, you've got a, a ponga, a mamaku, a weki, yeah. all of these different things growing. growing and they all require names. Yeah. Whereas when it's just a single species, you know, red delicious or pine, you know, you're not going to have many other things, so it's going to be difficult to then have a conversation in that forest. Without you can still have it, mm. but it's going to impact the language. Mm. Yeah, and so that's the sort of feature of Te Reo Māori is we have all sorts of words for things which we deem to be important, 
but in um, English language they don't. So, for example, we have lots of words for incantations, a crap load, but in English you have incantation and maybe prayer, mm. but we have a, a lot of them, yeah. and so we deem those things to be important. Yeah. Rotu, language. Yeah. Rotu, which our cousins in the island say, Lotu, mm -hmm. Pure, mm. uh, you know, Taku Taku, Ruruku, mm. All of, a wire, all of these different ones, tapua, etc., um, which all uh, they have their own nuance mm. for the function that you're drawing on, yeah. or the energy you're drawing on to help you function in that space. Because in many ways, the parakia itself is about doing what you talked about before, right? It's about connecting yourself with these things in our environments. Mm -hmm calling upon their energy or uh, invoking their support or influence on whatever it is you want influence with. That's it. That's it. And, you know, you, you have a tapu wai to speed up your waka, mm. you know, and a wai rea is also a, a karakia to clear kia rea ngā wai wai so that there are many, many feet that are able to tramp that land because mm. it's been cleared. Yeah. And you know, all of those things as you as you break them down, it all makes bloody sense. Mm. Mm. And we so we can think of that in quite rational um ways uh, and doesn't have to be um, Of course we're rational people. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be the sort of mystical thing. Um although um I don't think we should um veer veer away from uh, what might be deemed uh, by white folk as mysticism? Mm. Um, Absolutely they, not, because that's that's the importance of ceremony. Mm. Is um, there's everyday practice, mm. which then when you come together, which is why in my karakia book mm. I, I talk about how I don't think grace mm. was a Māori thing. Mm. There is a time for when people gathered together. Mm. You would do a, a karakia for the gathering together when you eat together. Mm. But every day, Kai, I'm not sure if we actually did that or whether it's a Christian influence, mm. which is why I just say, no mai. Mm. Yeah, that's that's my understanding is that the sort of no mai, no hua, these types of mm. karakia are really um, recent. That doesn't make them um, uh, um, invalid. It just mm. means it has a particular reason to origin. Um, the other part of Atua which I'm particularly interested in is, so if there are influences which might be bestowed upon us by the Atua and um, which would bring success, um, is that the result of human humans invoking that? Or what increases our chances of um, the influence of the gods? Is it by our engaging with the gods? Or is it by some happenstance? Or what is it? I, I think it's whether you call it engaging or being. Mm. Um, because when you go out to fish, you would, a good fisherman, person, whatever, tangata hiika, <laughs> will have already done its homework. Mm -hmm. His or her homework to check the moon, check the weather, yeah. and what's happening with the insects. You know, I'm an inlander, so I'm thinking river. Um, you know, what's happening with the insects and all of that. 
which will then heighten your chances of a good catch. And then you then invoke uh, the specific atua, whether it's tangaroa or maru or whoever else, mm. can get a meal, mm. um, so that you can um, draw on that energy and those characteristics to awaken your senses, mm. then you can just, okay, this we're going to go at this time. Mm. <clears throat> so, I mean, that reminds me of a manuscript by... Which is really just a list of um, events and expeditions and uh, efforts to achieve something which were attributed to one god, mm. um, Aitua. So there's a not successful. Mm. And on the other list were successful expeditions or events, and they were attributed to Waimari. Now, all the success or failure of each of those things were attributed to external forces, external to human beings. And, and so it raises a question about the place of knowledge and um, to what extent are these things simply the result of Atua influences or are they the extent of human agency or uh, our build-up of knowledge to increase our chances? The manuscript suggests that it, they were always attributed to the gods, no matter what humans did. Um, the ultimate success or failure was determined by the gods, but that didn't mean that we couldn't do these things to increase mm. our chances. Yeah, and, and which is why I'm saying that it's how you channel mm. the atua within you. And like, notice I haven't used the word God at all tonight. I, I did. I slipped. Yeah. No, 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 no. I knew you'd be doing that. Um, and, I'm, I'm deliberately not using God because I've started to try and realign myself because there are some words in English which just don't fit us. Mm. It's a bit like um, how we might translate ticker. Mm. And so there are some things now as I do translations and as I talk, I've decided, no, I'm just going to say what the Māori word is because it doesn't fit. The English translation just narrows what what is often a very broad kaupapa or broad broad idea. Mm. Mm. I'm mindful of time, bro. Mm. What's our last uh, bit of corridor we're going to cover? Um, up to you, brother. Oh well. Mm. Um, I think you you, you talked about um, the prophetic movements. Mm. And uh, talk to me a bit more about the prophetic movements and what your thoughts are on, and see if we can find a question from there. <laughs> uh, historic, oh, jeez, did I just say that word? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this fellow's not interested in history or the future or the past. <laughs> um, it's limitations of language, and I slip into the word, which was the point that you were just making, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. limitations of language. Yeah. Um, so prophets, I mean, I've been fascinated by uh, the prophets, and I remember having an argument online around uh, Mr. Tamaki and whether um, somebody claiming that he was a modern-day prophet and um, this other person claimed that he most definitely wasn't because our prophets were not like him. And I'm... To be clear, I'm not, uh, I'm a heathen, so I don't go to church. 
Um, but I have been to Destiny Church a couple of times. And the thing that struck me was that he offered, in a really quite genuine way, I felt, hope mm-hmm. for lots of folk that didn't have what seemed like much hope. So there was a genuine connection there. And it struck me that that's what the prophets were really good at. Yeah. And so we might not like his politics, the sort of misogyny, the anti, um, the homophobia, but that doesn't detract away from all of the, good the stuff. connections that he good. is building. Yeah. 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 So, um, and uh, um, that's always been a fascination of mine. And so um, I think prophets walk between worlds uh, really well. Uh, in a way that most of us can't, and then they allow us to enter into um, the other side. Um, so what I mean by that is uh, people like Ruakinana, for example, um, through his engagement with the Bible um, and with the teachings, he was able to um, read what was happening in the world and convey that back to his people in such a way that it offered them hope. And it's that that I find really fascinating about the prophets. And I think um, that's the point, is that uh, if you look at many of our whakatauki and then the kupu hakari yeah. of the prophets, yeah. you know, all of their various revelations, yeah. uh, the, the importance of instilling hope mm. is essential for us as humanity. Yeah. Because... Uh, we create some pretty good movies up here as, as as humans, and as we create those movies, you know, as our friend in Hawaii refers to it as the cacophony of modernity, mm-hmm. um, those movies, that cacophony, that noise, takes us to um, some silly places and unhelpful places. Mm. And so the the place of porupiti um, and, and, and rangatira, and, and like I, I deliberately don't use that word much um, because I think almost anybody's a rangatira sometimes and I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, the, the importance of instilling hope uh, is essential, but also uh, the importance of us thinking, uh, having the ability to give ourselves time to think is essential, and I think to close off, we'll, we'll play on a well-known proverb. And so, as as many of you will know, the bird that that eats berries, their their world is the forest. The bird that eats uh, knowledge, theirs is the world. But the bird that pursues thought, theirs is nirvana, orangiatea, that infinite space. Uh, and I think it's really important, you know, we're here with our master's program, that scholarship is a very Māori thing. If you look at all of our karakia and all of our waiata, you have to be a Māori scholar to be able to engage in the energy to be able to compose, you know, and, and so scholarship was something that our tupuna loved, and the expert in the garden was also a scholar, 
because they knew which atua to call on to invoke the right energy. And the expert in warfare was also a scholar because they had to know which atua that they could communicate with and draw upon. So I just want to finish off with that, that scholarship is a very Māori thing. Um, tukuiho, tukuiho. Heingaungau um, matapinati. So kāti e te iwi, nei rā māo ko te, ko te brother nei, uh, uh, Garrick, e miti atu ana, and Chelsea Greekfield said kia ora to you earlier. Ah, sure, um, Chelsea. Yeah, so uh, e mihi ana, uh, tēnā koe bro. Great to have you on tonight. Great to see you all tonight. Um, and uh, don't forget, uh, co-ho session on Tuesday, tēnei kā mihi atu kia koutou, rire, rire hau, pai mārire. Nā te puni kōkiri e pūtea tautoko, made with support from te puni kōkiri. Nā Puoro Jerome, ngā reo Puoro. Soundtracks from Puoro Jerome.